national security, where our job is to fly, fight, win. We better be masters at this game of innovation. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. <laughs> this is the Developing Mach 21 Airman Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome in to Developing Mach 21 Airmen, and thanks for the subscribe, stream, or download, however you might be checking us out today. If you get a chance to throw us some stars or possibly even a review our way, we certainly would appreciate that as well. Let us know how we're doing, bringing you timely and relevant information across the recruiting, training, and education field. My name is Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Office and your host for this professional development podcast. And we certainly hope that you're enjoying all the insight, tips, tricks, and lessons learned that we bring you every week. This edition of the pod, a ton of great information out of Air University as Senior Airman Francisco Melendez from the Maxwell Air Force Base Public Affairs Team sits down with Tech Sergeant Joshua Stewart and Senior Master Sergeant Markeisha Crawford from the Barnes Center at Air University, and they're going to talk about all things enlisted professional military education. And it's pretty good stuff. Sergeant Stewart talks to the enlisted PME instructor course, including what that course is all about and who actually attends, as well as how it prepares airmen to become instructors and get comfortable facilitating and teaching in the classroom. Senior Master Sergeant Crawford goes really in depth on our role as the superintendent of the team that develops the curriculum across enlisted PME, including how that curriculum is developed from a strategic perspective in an agile and adaptive way that thinks about the whole airman concept, as well as the continuum of learning and how people grow through education and much much more. So lots to unpack here. Let's get to it. Let's talk enlisted PME developing Mach 21 Airmen starts right now. Good afternoon, listeners. This is Senior Airman Francisco Melendez live from AUTV here at Maxwell Air Force Base. This is the pilot episode of Voices of Maxwell. And this show is primarily about as the name implies, the voices of Maxwell, the instructors, the schedulers, uh, the civilians, the doctors, essentially the people who are the driving force of education, of, of leadership, of, you know what, there's a lot of adjectives I can attribute to these speakers, but I am looking forward to this uh, starting off this show with a bang. I have two guests, not one, but two, Technical Sergeant Joshua Stewart. Hello and Senior Master Sergeant Markeisha Crawford. Hello. Did I pronounce your name right, ma'am? Absolutely, Markeisha. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so how I like to start off my show is I like to get to know my guests just a little bit better. I like to ask the traditional age-old question, why did you join the Air Force? Because after all, underneath this uniform, there's a human being. Who would have guessed, right? <laughs> so Technical Sergeant Stewart, uh, let's start off with you, sir. Why did you join the Air Force? Uh, long story short, there's nothing big or anything behind it. I'm originally from Alabama, about an hour and a half down the road from here, and I was 23 years old. I worked at Walmart. It was time to see the world. It was time to get out. Uh, I'd gone to college. It, I didn't feel like it was for me at the time, that college lifestyle, 
and uh, I, I'd always kind of looked at the military, looked at the Army, and uh, decided, you know, I think I'm going to go with the Air Force. Uh, and it was really just to get away uh, from the hometown uh, and try to get better, really. No, fair enough. Has the Air Force been good to you, sir? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, everything has its ups and downs, but if you look at the overall, the Air Force has been awesome to me. Wouldn't be the first time today without it, so. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Senior Master Sergeant Crawford, tell me, why did you join the Air Force? Wow, I've always been a very independent person, so from the time I graduated high school, I knew it was time to do something different. I am from Baltimore, Maryland, so being from the inner city, I decided going to do it completely different than I've seen in the past and I ended up across the country in Tucson, Arizona. And from that point forward, the Air Force has been amazing. One career after the next, so I've had the opportunity to hold a number of careers and just experience after experience, person after person. I am just so grateful to the Air Force for the opportunity and experiences, not that I have had only, but my family, you know, being in the Air Force, I've been able to get married, have children, oh my goodness, the whole storybook thing, but that's why I joined the Air Force. I joined the Air Force for change, to set a, set a benchmark for my family for what should be next and what we can aspire to, so yeah, that's why I'm here. Well, I'm truly happy for the two of you to have joined the Air Force and to uh, observe uh, listen to your stories. Uh, the Air Force has definitely done a lot for me as well. It's always kind of humbling when you go back home and see your friends and loved ones and you share those stories. And they're always so impressed with the amount of things that we can accomplish if we put our hearts and minds to it. Mm. Oh man, that was really sappy, but it's the truth, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? It's the truth at yeah. the end of the day. So I'm going to start off my show by giving each of my guests uh, kind of a, like a spotlight moment. Ooh, let's call it that. Spotlight <laughs> moment. Okay. I love it. After all, this is our pilot episode, so we're kind of figuring out this as we go along, but we're having fun along the process. All right. So uh, Technical Sergeant Stewart, your duty title is EPMIC, Instructor at the Barnes Center. Did I butcher that? EPMEIC, but otherwise it was... Fantastic. No, I'm trying. I'm learning, I'm shooting, I'm going. All right, fantastic. Could you tell me uh, what is EPMIC? Okay, uh, so it's the Enlisted Professional Military Education Instructor Course. Uh, and basically what it is, is if you were going to be uh, an instructor teaching PME, you're going to come through our course uh, so that you can learn this is how we deliver uh, the material. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. And how long have you been doing this? I have been an EPMEIC instructor for since last August, but I've been an instructor in the PME realm since 2016. I taught Airman Leadership School at Minot Air Force Base for a couple years before I got down here. And who goes to your course? As far as that goes, we talk about PME, you're talking about the whole thing. You're talking about Airman Leadership School, uh, NCOA, the Non-Commissioned Officer Academy, Senior NCOA, you're talking about the chief leadership course. Uh, yes, I can, as a tech sergeant, have chiefs in my classes learning, hey, this is how we're, this is some tips on how to instruct to get more comfortable in a classroom. Fantastic, fantastic. I actually minored in public speaking myself, and it is it can be stressful at first, but there's nothing more empowering than going in front of a large group of people and oh. just sharing your ideas, your message. It's, it's very powerful stuff, right? Um, so what can a person expect when they come to EPMEIC? Uh, so a lot of people, they will get 
the job and they come down here and they think, okay, this is my chance to learn the material. I'm going to go to this class and they're going to teach me what I need to know so I can go in the classroom and be a subject matter expert. That's a little bit of a misconception. The instructor course is just for you to come down here and learn how to be comfortable in front. And it's not really about the content. It's about the content of PME. It's how to teach and deliver the material. So there's a little bit of a misconception uh, as far as what EPMEIC is. We're instructors teaching instructors how to instruct. Uh, it's not, you're not going to come to my class and I'm going to say, all right, let's do emergent leadership issues and let me tell you all the ins and outs about it. No. I'm going to say, okay, when you're in a class and someone's talking smack to you, how do you react? How can you uh, bring it back to the positive? So uh, when they leave our course, they should be comfortable uh, being handed any lesson plan. And whether they know the content or not, and be like, okay, I know how to at least facilitate, teach, direct whenever I get in front of a classroom. You know, going through high school or college even, students seldom remember um, sometimes course material, but they mm. will remember their instructors. Oh, yeah. You can, off the top of your hat, uh, recall your favorite and least favorite instructor. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to me that your job entails making sure that these instructors are ready to bring the fight on. Right, right. <laughs> Hopefully no uh, bad students or even how to praise the good students. Mm -hmm. So um, so let's say I'm, I'm an anxious mess. This is actually kind of true. Who isn't really good at public speaking? Could I make it as an instructor in your course? Okay, so have, have you seen Ratatouille? I have seen Ratatouille. Okay, so everyone can cook, right? Yeah. Well, we at EPMIC believe anyone can instruct. Uh, for those, I, three years ago, if you'd have met me and you'd have said, hey, that guy's going to be an instructor, uh, no. You'd have said, absolutely not. Put him in the back somewhere. He is not going to speak to anyone. But going through EPMIC, actually getting in front, and it's not it's more about getting past that mental boundary of, oh, oh goodness, I'm in front of people, and it's more about being yourself, connecting with the material on a personal level with you. That way you can help connect it with the individuals in your classroom. Uh, so you are an anxious mess. You can't public speak well. Absolutely fine. We can work with that. Uh, we can help you get to where you need to be to be comfortable in front of a classroom. And that's what it's really all about for us. That's fantastic. So what about those folks who are uh, non-volunteered uh, uh, through DSD to become instructors? What advice could you give them? Okay. Uh, and Sergeant Crawford might be able to back me up on this one. Uh, as far as the folks that are non-volunteered through uh, DSD, uh, we get uh, folks like that all the time. They're like, hey, I didn't ask for this. Now I have to get in front of a lot of people. Uh, I'd rather been a TI. I'd rather been a recruiter. Uh, the best advice that I can give them is the same thing that you'll hear our current Chief Master on the Air Force say, uh, Chief Wright. The DSD process is about developing folks around you, but it's also a good time to develop yourself. If you are in a career field that you haven't had the time to do those things uh, for yourself. You haven't, you've been so busy on the flight line, security forces, wherever the case may be, that you haven't had time to develop yourself. Uh, one of my favorite things uh, Chief Wright says is, you're in the aircraft, all the masks come down, uh, what do you do first? You put your mask on first. 
being DSD'd might feel at first like doom and gloom because you're gonna have to talk to people, you're gonna have to get in front of everybody, but this is the perfect time to put your mask on. You can develop from it. You can become a better, not just instructor, but person from it and military member from it. Uh, and that's, to me, uh, for the folks that are non-vol into it, just go into it with a fresh set of eyes, go into it with, you know, um, this is a time for me to put my mask on. Well said, sir, well mm -hmm. said. And truly, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that people who would be scared of this shouldn't see it as an obstacle. They should see it as an opportunity for growth because you can use public speaking and anything you can imagine. You can be an engineer, you can be a programmer, you can be hiding behind a computer all day. But there will be a day where you're going to have to talk to your coworkers. And if you're a decent public speaker, oh, yeah. that can only do wonders for you and your career. Mm -hmm. Excellent, mm -hmm. Excellently said, sir. All right, so now we are going to take it to our second guest before we move on to the uh, roundtable segment. Here we have Senior Master Sergeant Markeisha Crawford. She is the superintendent of the EPME curriculum. That sounds very difficult and complicated, <laughs> I'm going to lie. <laughs> uh, Ma'am, uh, tell me, uh, what is your role in the Air Force? What, what do you do? Wow, so... What I do and what is my role, I am on the other side of the coin from Sergeant Stewart. So where Sergeant Stewart is getting the people in and getting them ready to be the instructors, what myself and my team, we're doing, we're developing the curriculum for those instructors to deliver out into the different schools. And that's across EPME. So that's ALS all the way to the chief leadership course. And that's what we're doing. As the superintendent, I'm working with some amazing rock stars that, that get in there and they're really nugging out as far as that thinking and, and getting those ideas down. And it is a task because there's so much that goes into what happens in a PME classroom as far as the material itself, behaviors, you name it. So that, that's what's happening. We're, we're digging up rocks and taking down <laughs> things and making sure we hit it on the head, getting that leadership down just right. Fantastic. So how did you get here? How did you end up with this job? See, I love that. I love that question. I love that I'm going behind Sergeant Stewart. So I ended up with this job, the road less traveled maybe, but it was DSD as well. So the people over in the Barn Center, and where Barn Center is located, Maxwell Gunter. So we're the annex. We're across town. And if you think Maxwell Gunter, I'd like you to think EPME Mecca, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's where you'll find the chief leadership course. You'll find Senior NCO Academy. Right now we have the Airy NCO Academy here with everything going on at Tyndall. And then you have ALSs at, at, at Maxwell, however. But that's like the epi, epicenter for enlisted EPME and the headquarters is there, Barn Center. So again, I was DSD'd as an instructor. However, there's a small group of people inside the Barn Center that are working on the curriculum. And from the time I was DSD'd, came in, we did the EPMIC mm -hmm. to learn the methodologies and then we were kind of farmed out into that curriculum side of the house and we're kind of broken out into the teams. So you have your ALS group, the NCO, senior NCO and chief leadership group. And those people are looking specifically in those areas. But where it's dynamic is we're making sure that the continuum of education is kept intact. 
So just because you're over in ALS, that doesn't mean you're not contacting the person in the chief leadership course, because as we think about it, you're continually growing, you're continually learning. And as a person comes in, what you get as an airman, you're still going to be building upon those skills when you're a chief or when you're that day one retired member, because you have that stuff from day one. So that's what we do. That's how I got there. DSD. And, and you kind of asked the question about what's the thought in DSD? you grow the most when you're most challenged. Mm -hmm. And DSD can be challenging, and it takes you out of your comfort zone because most people are super skilled rock stars when they're coming out of their career fields because they may not have been DSD'd if they weren't. And you're taking that piece of humble pie and starting from the beginning, and it's an amazing opportunity. And it, it sounds like a fantastic opportunity. It sounds to me like you're extremely proud to be at the nerve center of uh, senior leadership uh, developments Absolutely. in a way so you mentioned it but I'd like to retouch the subject where is that job located again it's Maxwell Gunner so you come to Maxwell Montgomery Alabama so you're gonna go across town a little bit and you're gonna go to Gunner and Gunner has some of the things that the Air Force the backbone of the Air Force. So there's the Air Force Lifecycle Management there. There's a EPA there. There's a recruiting station there. And you would not know all of this stuff is going on at Gunner. A little hidden gem, but we're doing amazing things over there. It sounds like it. So what does what role does your job have on the continuum of education? Okay, so when we speak about continuum of education, uh, it's a part of a larger conversation. So when you think continuum of anything, it's from the beginning, and then as you go throughout your time, it's going to keep going. Continuum of education, when I think about it, it's about from the time you enter your first experience with enlisted professional military education to the time you're Mr. or Mrs. whomever, that's what we're thinking about. We're thinking about what things we can tell you today will have the sustainability and transfer and mean enough to you that you have value for them and it takes you throughout your life. So in that continuum, we're focusing on people as individuals. We're trying to get to the point where what we do in PME is student-centered. Like, like we were talking prior to the podcast, you said you had a life prior to coming into the military. And what we want to recognize in EPME is a lot of people had lives prior to coming to the military. And coming into EPME under that continuum, we can pull upon that when we focus on areas of critical thinking, when we focus on areas of leadership and the mission of the Air Force, or even the culture of the Air Force, is getting that all of those, those threaded pieces to connect. And that's the continuum. What you learn, what you learn or what I learn as Airman Colbert or Crawford, married lady now. <laughs> what I learned as Airman Crawford, it would not be for not. It's something that will continue to grow, and then at the end of my career as my Mrs. Crawford, Ms. Crawford, then it's, wow, when I got this to stepping stool, now I can execute in this manner. And I've seen it develop and mature over my time, and it's value added for me. No, that's fantastic. It seems to me like you've uh, gained a lot from it. Not only did you contribute a lot to the mission, but it seems like the mission has done a lot for yourself as well. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you also have a lot in common with Technical Sergeant Stewart in the sense where you, you both kind of like, uh, if someone is a blade, then you guys are the blacksmiths and you're sharpening that blade. Mm -hmm. You're helping people reach their true potential and you're acknowledging that their people 
before they came into the Air Force. And that can actually be a strength because they have a lot to bring to the table. Absolutely. No pun intended because we're all sitting at a table. <laughs> ah, we like to laugh. So tell me, what goes into creating the EPME curriculum? Wow, it's like a... You mentioned earlier Ratatouille, right? Yeah. It's like a bowl of everything. So you have higher headquarters directives, like when you hear things from the chief of staff of the Air Force and, and different uh, government leaders. You have things like human capital annex, the national defense strategy. There's different DOD instructions that would go into it, things that are very important to the Air Force. And then institutional competencies. Those are those things where as we go forward in our careers, throughout our careers, there's different things that we pick up as we go. So your leadership abilities, your, your ability to think strategically and, and putting all these things together and manipulating your people and your space. So when we think of what's going into the curriculum, it's that. And then it's the, the needs of the people. So there's information that goes out and say, hey, what do you need to execute your mission? What do you need to be a better supervisor? What do you need to be a, a better manager? What do you need to be a better follower? So there's that as well. And then there's the additional portion of, so how do we stay relevant? How do we continue with innovation? How do we get all of those pieces into it? So EPME is a hodgepodge of all things important to the military to sharpen those enlisted leaders for the, for the future and then the ones right now because we're all leaders in our own right. So if I'm sitting line by line, if I'm in the pharmacy right on the front line with someone else, you and I are leaders. I am in charge of what I'm doing right here and what I do affects what you do. So we want to get that at its grassroots and get everybody in the understanding of you are a leader in your right and your experiences and everything that you have going on with you has a benefit or an effect, either positive or negative, on the person beside you. So when you think curriculum, think everything. So mm. half directives, you know, any kind of changes, joint initiatives, you, you think of it, if it's shiny and new, EPME curriculum. <laughs> Fantastic. So what warrants changes right. to the curriculum? So with changes to the curriculum, like I said, it has to be agile. It has to be um, adaptive. So if our Air Force decides that there's something that's important that needs to go in there or there's something that we used to think that was important that not no longer that it's not important, but now there's something that may trump that, that needs to go in there. When there's initiatives that are put out there that says, hey, we're doing this now, but this is where we need to be, things like that would warrant a change. Or if we're just sending it out there to the field and, and our, our stakeholders, you know, our commanders, our supervisors, our people that work beside you are saying, this makes no sense, guys. This isn't, this isn't value added for the force. Those type of things initiate change within EPME. Correct. And uh, let me ask you this. On a personal note, what makes what you do worthwhile? Wow. You, you touched on that as well. When you talked about sharpening, people, what we do in EPME, it touches every member of the Air Force. And a lot of people say, no, it can't touch every member because it's enlisted PME. It's every member because every enlisted person that's working beside an officer, beside a civilian, you know, a contractor, 
they are getting some form of EMP, EPME, and it's so important that we get it just quite right, that we're working on that intellectual capability of that individual. We're working on those leadership skills. You know, we're constantly feeding into the fact that we want them to think critically. We want you to take a situation, not saying take the situation and not do what you're supposed to do, but take the situation and think, how can I make this better for the Air Force? What can I do in this small process that makes it either more time efficient, more cost efficient, or just more efficient? So when, when I think of worthwhile, it's the reach. It's the overall what we can touch, how we're touching it, and then the intent behind it. Just making us a stronger force, a smarter force, a faster force. Man, EPME is everywhere and I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm just, I'm grateful that the cards worked out how they did as far as my DSD is concerned. And I wouldn't change a thing. I've learned so much and, and I'll say it, you know, Senior Master Sergeant Crawford has learned so much. You mm -hmm. never stop learning. You gotta have that piece of humble pie and, and take it in while you can, because these opportunities are fleeting and EPME will continue to grow. And I'm not saying EPME is perfect, but I will say it's continuing to grow. It's gonna always try to strive to be better and then be that cutting edge as far as the D Department of Defense goes and how we're educating our enlisted people. So that's what makes it worthwhile for me. Well, thank you so much for your input and your role, Senior Master Sergeant Crawford. It seems to me that the two of you have one primary thing in, in common, and that's passion. Mm. You guys truly do care about your roles in the Air Force, and the Air Force is truly lucky to have the two of you uh, uh, educating the leaders of tomorrow and assisting them in, in, in every capacity possible. So now this brings us to the... Uh, last segment of the show, where which I like to call kind of like the round circle chapter. Remember, it's a work in progress. So I hope you guys like it. <laughs> Do you guys know that King Arthur had a round circle because he did not like to have his back turned to his knights? He wanted to treat everyone like, as equals. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good motto in the Air Force. Um, we all like to strive to treat. We should all strive to treat each other as equals because at the end of the same, at the end of the day, it's one team, one fight. And if I fail, then someone else suffers for it, and so on. So, in this uh, portion of the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about how uh, we're going to get to know each other more in the sense of how does your role, for example, Sergeant Crawford, mm -hmm. help Sergeant Stewart do his job better, and vice versa, Sergeant Stewart, how does your role in the Air Force help her? Uh, so tell me, Sergeant Stewart, how does Sergeant Crawford help you achieve your goal of instructing the instructors? Uh, well, when it comes to that, they, they do a lot for us at the Barnes Center. It's where, it's where all of it comes from. You know, It's where all of PME comes from. And while I'm getting everybody prepped up to get in front of the classroom to instruct, facilitate, they're only as good as the material that they get. And uh, going throughout the Air Force, I'm sure you've heard people talk ill of PME or, yeah, go to, go to ALS, go to this, but when you come back, get ready for the real Air Force. And honestly, I've heard so much about the real Air Force that I don't know if I've ever seen it. Uh, you know, you hear it all the time. But basically, Sergeant Crawford, they give us the Lego blocks. And it's my job to say, all right, y'all, when you go into the classroom, you give them a bucket of Lego blocks and you dump them on the floor and you tell them, hey, you build a Batmobile for this person. You build a castle for this person. And is the castle going to work for everybody? No. Is the Batmobile going to work for everybody? Absolutely not. But what we have kind of in the Air Force now is the Barnes Center will give us the Lego blocks. 
we tell them, hey, you're going to have to build these things, and they go back to their office and they dump them on the floor, and how bad is it to step on Lego blocks? Terrible. Yeah. And we have a lot of people just stomping the Lego blocks and saying, oh, it's horrible. Like, okay, look, we, we have to be able to clean up our mess as well. And that's what they help us do. They give us this nice, nice, nice bucket of Lego blocks so that we can say, hey, look, all right, 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time. <laughs> and this is how we communicate that to our uh, uh, students because it is rhetoric versus reality. You can go in there and Air Force it up all day long. You can go in there and be like, well, that's the Air Force answer. Nope, that, okay, nope, don't, stop saying that. But you got to be real with them. And they help us do that with what she said, one of the key words she said, relevancy. If it wasn't relevant, then we wouldn't be able to do that. And on that note, I would like to say that I would like a Batmobile Lego. <laughs> okay. I love castles, right. but a Batmobile. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Senior Master Sergeant Crawford, how does Sergeant Stewart's role help you right. in your role? So Sergeant Stewart's role and then his entire team at right. EPMIC, their, their benefit to not only us, at the Barnes Center and in the curriculum side of the house, but they're a benefit to the Air Force. You know, I would be remiss if I did not say the students that come in through them are all over the world, right? So they come in, they become these instructors, and they're out delivering it, and they're giving them these methodologies. They're telling them the intent behind why they do what they do and being their true self, and that message being able to transport any information that we provide. I've been told a million of times that, you know, PME is where experience and education converge, right? And what Sergeant Stewart and his team are, they're harnessing the experiences of these people and developing them into instructors. We have amazing instructors everywhere. So the curriculum is just curriculum on a paper until you have someone to execute. And his team, they're building the executors. Our NCOs all over the world, all over the world, NCOAs, 10 of them. Then there's 68 ALSs, the one and only, you know, senior, senior NCO Academy, and then the chief leadership course. But they're coming through EPMIC. And while I'm super passionate, passionate about what we do on the curriculum side, I'm even more passionate about what he's doing because they're our execution vehicles. They're actually getting out there, putting that experience that they have, that good information that they've gotten from starting Stewart and his team, and then they're, they're doing it. They're making it come to life. That's where the magic happens, when you get them and a little bit of our curriculum stuff, and then that experience from that individual in the classroom in front of all of those airmen, that's where the magic happens. Wonderfully said. I want to thank the two of you so much for coming to the pilot episode of Voices of Maxwell. I would love for you, uh, for you guys to eventually join me back again. Maybe we can even discuss further subjects, further events happening around base. Sure. Uh, once again, thank you guys so much for what you bring to the table. Truly, the Air Force is blessed to have you guys on its team. And that does it for us today. Please tune in on Facebook for further updates of the podcast. We truly do hope that all of you enjoyed. Have a wonderful day. And, and remember, fly, fight, win. Have a great day, listeners. Great conversation today with Sergeant Stewart and Senior Master Sergeant Crawford. You can just feel the passion for preparing airmen to be instructors in the EPME world and developing world-class curriculum across the enlisted PME spectrum. 
big thank you to Senior Armin Melendez from the Maxwell Public Affairs team for knocking this pod out of the park for us as well. He really did a great job. So thank you to him. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as on the web at www.aetc.af.mil. Thanks for checking out the podcast as we dive into the world of recruiting, training, and education. For our entire AETC public affairs staff, I'm Dan Hawkins. So long. We'll talk to you next time on Developing Mach 21 Airmen.